mass shootings happen exactly as reported or the facts are spun for our consumption, there is a clear agenda at work. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, 3 to 5.30 today, but we are getting closer. I do cover the stories of the week, the biggest ones from my unique perspective. And this week, of course, uh, the shooting that was reported out of Parkland in Broward County, Florida. The report is that 17 are dead, 14 are wounded at the hands of a 19-year-old troubled student, former student of that high school. Uh, and for me, it's tricky, these, these situations. No matter what you think about what what really happened if you're getting the facts as they occurred if they really are organic and spontaneous events or if there's some sinister forces behind them in addition to the <laughs> sinister forces that seems to be operating within the shooters uh you know even if you think this is a plan a strategy of tension uh uh promoting an agenda exploiting a crisis it doesn't mean you don't sympathize with people. Truly horrific sympathy, devastating horror at the tragedy, this tragedy, the tragedy in people's lives, generally, it's devastating. I, I've had tragedy in my life. It's terrible. And I sympathize with people who have those tragedies. What I do not like is that the emotionalism that surrounds these stories are exploited by those who would have their own interests served or their policies pushed or whatever so that you don't analyze the the things that you would normally analyze so you you don't analyze causal relationships uh you don't analyze you don't confirm, you don't insist on the evidence and the facts of the case being proven. And that is absolutely critical because if the facts of this case are exactly as they're shown, and this is part of a pattern, I read in a, in a Stanford source, Stanford Geospatial Center, that mass shootings have gone up 800% since 1999. That's if those facts are correct, that is what is called a paradigm shift. It's like a, a change, you know, a fundamental change in society or in human nature. So you got to confirm that we're really, those things are really happening as reported. They're categorized properly. Uh, and then you want to think about what are the causes of these. So really analyze the causal relationships, really analyze the policy prescriptions that are being put forward because what you want to do is take your principles, your tried and true principles, and apply them to the problems. But when there's an alleged a paradigm shift underway, the world is different, man is different, society is different, we need different fundamental laws, you better make sure you're right about this. So, so I'm going to, this is a little more complicated than I normally do, straight out of the gate, but 
Peggy Noonan today in the Wall Street Journal listed off the things that she thinks are the causal relation of this paradigm shift of this change in society in this country. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to read you, rattle off some of the things she's citing. And I'm going to tell you after that why I don't buy any of it for a second. I have one simple reason, and I think it's very compelling. So this is what she says. She said, what has happened the last 40 years or so to produce a society so ill at ease with itself, so prone to violence? This is the question she poses, and here are her answers. We've been swept by social, technological, and cultural revolution. The family blew up, divorce, unwed childbearing, fatherless sons, fatherless daughters, poor children with no one to love them. The Internet flourished, porn proliferated, drugs, legal and illegal, violent video games, uh, abortion regime, uh, increasingly violent entertainment culture. Old longing for integration gave way to a culture of accusation. You're a supremacist, a misogynist, uh, privileged. You are defined by color and class. So she goes through all of the cultural changes over the past decades and says, this is why we are a more violent society. Here's the problem. We are not a more violent society. This 800% increase in mass shootings is a, a complete anomaly from the overall trend. Violent crime peaked in this country in the early 90s, and since then it has plummeted. Violent crime has, is down 49% since 1991. Uh, I saw one article that kind of echoes what Peggy Noonan was saying here, but from a real left perspective, saying that threat to masculine identity and threat to white male privilege has resulted in this backlash. Then I would ask the author why rape has plummeted 33 percent from 1990 to 2016. So over this period of time, antidepressant use has increased. Gun ownership has increased. Violent crime has plummeted. Rape has plummeted. Homicide has plummeted. Suicide is, there was one not very compelling chart from The Economist claiming that suicide went up 24% over that time. It kind of bounced around. It wasn't a straight line. But let's say antidepressants went up 65%. Suicide went up 24%. I can see, they say, like completely weirdly, that antidepressants can increase the rate of suicide. I mean, that's true. It's just a bizarre side effect. So maybe there is a correlation there. But it if you would think that if this 800% increase in mass shootings was a function of any of this stuff, it would be highly correlated with easier to accomplish crimes. Or if mass shootings in schools going up tremendously, suicide at school, which is a statistic, would go up. But that has not gone up. So I reject the idea that this is an organic manifestation of a changed society. And I would say there are forces at work that are promoting this particular agenda. Maybe it's just the way they spin it. Maybe it's how they they categorize this news. Maybe it's that they promote it so much in the news that uh, it actually makes the incident of these events go up. It would be very easy to say, hey, for national security reasons or out of simple good taste, we don't report on these stories. If that's the single factor that could be leading to this spike in this one category in an atmosphere of otherwise plummeting crime, then don't do it anymore. But I would just say I call into question the the fundamental statistic they're talking about here. And then uh, from that, I would say, look at this particular case. It's a little uh, the facts of the case are, are weird. This guy, one thing that you don't hear about at all. 
And I want to play, I want to lay out for you the agenda items that are being promoted within 24 hours of this event. The governor of Florida, the sheriff uh, of Broward County, the attorney general of Florida, and the superintendent in Broward County of Schools got together and gave a press conference within 24 hours in which they promoted their policy agenda, where they wanted money to go. It was extremely distasteful. And I could play each one of those little snippets for you to lay out in their own words what they're after. But the guy leading the charge here is the sheriff, Sheriff Scott Israel, who does not nowhere does he mention or does anybody point out that he used to live in Parkland and maybe still does. His kids, his triplets were in Parkland school, this school, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas School. Uh, at the same time, Nicholas Cruz supposedly was there and he himself was a football coach at that school. This is in this guy's backyard and he is crying out to D.C. for help. Uh, with their laws at the same time or uh, over the years this sheriff went to Quantico to get training from the FBI on national and international police matters communication I mean this guy's pushing an agenda and we need to be aware of it regardless of the devastation of tragedies like this there's a lot a lot to talk about here Um, but I've been really thinking hard about What's going on and why? And uh, and I want to talk to you about it. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, um, give me a tweet. All right, we have one from Chris. Chris says, I think this guy should have been caught on terroristic threats. This is a jailable offense. My little brother got jail time. Why not this kid? The FBI homeland defense are full of incompetence. Planning mass murder can be an offense. That's very interesting. And I uh, I saw that tweet a while ago. Um, but since then, just completely by coincidence, I recalled this story that I talked about on the air five years ago. A kid, Justin Carter, who was put in jail for months for making a terroristic threat online. He threatened a school shooting in the context of a video game he was playing. He ended his post with LOL and JK, and he was in jail for months to the point where he was developing psychological problems. They wouldn't give him bail. It's been five years. It actually happened on February 14th, 2013, which was the five years ago on the day of this Parkland uh, event. And he only, and this is the weird coincidence, this Tuesday, February 20th, he will finally get his day in court. Talk about a speedy trial. Five years it's taken him to get his trial. And this is for a terroristic threat. This guy could face 10 years in jail for saying virtually the same, making the same type of threat that Nicholas Cruz made. There's so many, you know, so, so look at the policies that they're talking about changing. And I really want to hit that big thing that you and I flagged both separately uh, on Sheriff Israel's what I think is his absolute number one goal. Let's play that at the bottom of the hour. Maybe if we want to get to some calls or more tweets at Monica Perez Show, 800-WSB-TALKER. You can call 404-872-0750. We'll get to um, what I think is is Sheriff Israel's uh, absolute agenda for taking away a very important right of ours. This is Monica Perez.
Monica Perez. You maniac! You blew it up! On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Breeze outside the studio. Skies are sunny with scattered clouds. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I'm going to the phones. 800 WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Jamal Indicator, you're on with Monica. Jamal, did I catch you off guard? I'm going right to you. Oh, Jamal, I am going to put Jamal on hold and then come back to him because I really wanted to hear what he had to say. Uh, And I'm going to go to AJ in Woodstock. Hey, AJ, you're on with Monica. Hey, man, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Doing good. I just wanted to bring up one good point about uh, them changing the meaning of different things, such as mass shooting. Uh, They've actually included more scope of people, so mass shootings are more prevalent nowadays. Like when a cop shoots at multiple uh, suspects, they call that a mass shooting. And that, once you change the meaning of the word, you start using the words like the old way, and it's deceptive. Well, it certainly renders the statistics meaningless. Correct. You can't you can't ga- gather anything about trends. So then, there is no increase. Is that what you're suggesting? I, I don't know. I, I am suggesting they are changing the statistics to show an increase. But surely, you don't think that these mass shootings that have a dozen or more people year after year. I mean, I don't remember this when I was growing up. Do you think they weren't reporting it back then? I'm sure there was incidents back then that they were not reporting as much. But I remember going to high school and kids, because I grew up in a rural area, and they had uh, rifles and everything in the back of their truck. I mean, after they got out of high school, principal didn't say anything. They went hunting and they fed their families. Well, then you're not probably going to have as much violence at the school because you've got all these regular kids who can defend themselves. Well, not only defend themselves, they were taught respect. That's the other thing is a lot of the families are not teaching respect to their door-locked kids. I mean, people aren't in people's lives anymore. In the inter- I mean, as such as that, I mean, in elementary school, all the kids carry pocket knives. And oh, now you carry yeah. a pocket knife now. It's not a tool anymore. They consider it a weapon. Yeah, my son is a Boy Scout, and they, and also at his survival camp, he calls it, but it's just camp. They learn how to use knives. Yeah, it is. It's important. Um, I want to get some more calls. 800-WSB-TALK. Tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Well, no one's going to top that. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. The Baker Act in Florida allows law enforcement or medical professionals to confine a person involuntarily while they get examined and looked at. But you have to have a reason. You have to be able to articulate that they're a threat to themselves or a threat to someone else. What I'm asking our lawmakers to do is go back to places like Tallahassee, places like Washington, D.C., and give police the power if they see something on social media, if they see graphic pictures of rifles and blood and gore and guns and bombs, if they see something, horrific language, if they see a person talking about, I want to grow up to be a serial killer, We need to have the power 
to take that person and bring them before mental health professionals at that particular time involuntarily and have them examined. People are going to be rightfully so concerned about their rights, as am I. But what about the rights of these students? What about the rights of young kids who go to schools with book bags and pencils? Don't they have the right to be protected by the United States government to the best of our ability? And that's what we'll be doing. This is Monica Perez on WSB. Uh, That was Sheriff Scott Israel of Broward County within 24 hours of this event calling for... Uh, he was criticizing the Baker Act, which, by the way, I read an article from a local um, news outlet for, in Florida that Nicholas Cruz's brother, Zachary Cruz, who I can find no record of, no pictures, nothing, had been forcibly incarcerated under the Baker Act. I mean, that's really weird. I got to see if I can verify that. But that was weird. Uh, But what Sheriff Israel is saying is the problem with the Baker Act is you have to have a reason (laughs) to incarcerate somebody against their will. Someone who knows you has to say that there's a threat to a person or themselves or to somebody else. And what he wants is he wants to go to D.C., so he wants it to be national. Now, this is a guy who was trained in Quantico Quantico by the FBI in international policing or whatever they call it with communication skills and all this kind of stuff. This guy is a very high level operator. As a matter of fact, he was his campaign was tainted with scandal for reporting as fifteen hundred dollars the value of a trip he was given that was actually worth one hundred and fifty thousand dollars that was given to him by a pro-Israel PAC. Now, this is a sheriff in Broward County. Like, why would a foreign country care about that? You know, he he controls $2 billion. He's got 6,000 people under his control. He, Broward County, is 2 million people, if I read Wikipedia correctly. Yet, all this happened in a school where he was a coach, a football coach, where his kids, his triplets, went to school. They're one year older than this Nicholas Cruz. They had to have known him. So, but he's saying, so, so the brother was incarcerated against his will, you know, according to this article I read, he personally, his family had to have personal interaction with this kid and yet they fell through the cracks and he wants to go to DC for help. He wants the police to have the power to, uh, hold people involuntarily for pictures of guns on social media. Now I did look into a little bit, what can disqualify you from having a gun And I think the federal statute says if you were incarcerated against your will for evaluation for mental health purposes for 72 hours, you're disqualified from having a gun. So what he is calling for, so if you post a picture of a gun, maybe you want a gun, you know, but you de facto are mentally ill and can't have a gun. I mean, it's really dangerous because even in the Wall Street Journal today, uh, Holman Jenkins said – that we we need to have some basis in law for action on people who set off alarm bells but haven't done anything illegal. And he, s- he cites specifically uh, uh, they should track and act on every time you visit a gun store, which counter you linger over. He says that all all he said, a fact now can usefully be faced. A lot more people enjoy guns than become mass killers. But an excessive fascination with guns is a hallmark of mass killers. It's also a hallmark of the sovereign citizen. It's also a hallmark of militiamen, of people who want to exercise their Second Amendment right, not only to protect from foreign invaders, but to protect themselves from an overreaching government, which this guy is talking about. It's very 
Uh, I could go on and on, but I won't because I really want to hear what you have to say. Do do we have a tweet handy? Did I, am I surprising you, Binkley, with a request for tweet? I think I think you did. Didn't you have one? You highlighted one that you wanted to share with me. Jenny, maybe. Yes, I do have one. Jenny tweets that. If these morons would just throw the shooters in a hole without glamorizing them, without ever uttering their names, that would help. Yes, I uh, I like that one, but um, I noticed that she qualified and was like, "I'm not saying take away their rights and throw." Yeah. If they're re- you know if they really did it, what what she was saying was that you're glamorizing it and that um, don't do it. And I totally agree. I mean, they they're happy to censor so much of the news for imaginary national security reasons. And this one, which might actually be, uh, you know, I think we could all agree just to voluntarily do it. Why doesn't the media just voluntarily do it? Just say, you know what, we're not doing it anymore. Yeah. CNN said they had a policy of not saying his name, and then they just said his name a whole bunch. (laughs) But they show it. I mean, they do make this the story everything breaks down you probably don't even know what was going on in the world russian indictments and um you know the immigration bill failed but we're we're thinking about this kid and with all the 24 7 news coverage we're not actually getting any facts any documentation any evidence we don't know what's going on with this kid i don't know so anyway i want to see if jamal is back jamal indicator you're on with monica Hey, yeah, so actually that clip, the news conference clip um, changed, you know, what I was going to say. I mean, I mean, the situation reminds me of 9-11. Um, you know, you create, you create a circumstance where, you know, it encourages these, these school shootings, even though the definition of, shooting, of mass shootings is, is, is pretty broad. But the, you encourage these school shootings, and then, you know, something happens, and then you have a ready-to-go package of, you know, civil liberty encroachment. Yeah, and and uh, if you're talking about the USA Patriot Act, some interesting little facts about that. Joe yeah, Biden claims to have written that before, during, or after the Oklahoma City bombing. Well, well, you know, the Patriot Act, you know, yeah. Clinton and these guys and and everybody before him had um, pushed elements of that, you know, try to get it through. And then, um, boom, 9-11, and um, it's ready to go, yes. like, in, in, in 30 days. Did you know that there was a World Trade Center bombing in 93 that killed six people? Do you remember that? Yeah. That was a proven FBI sting operation. There's, like, 100 hours of audio yeah. on that. They were, The guy, the inside job operative guy, called the guy later and recorded it and said, you said that the explosives would be dummies, and they're not. And the guy's like, oh, you know... There's Things a blind change. shake on that one, too. Say it again? That was a blind shake on that one also. Yeah, but, I, but I'm saying they, you yeah. know, you, you can't, these things are happening for, maybe they're happening organically, maybe it's this insane, no, 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 <laughs> you know. No, you, I'm sorry, you mentioned like the, the depressives, the increased use of depressives, you know. Antidepressants? I mean, right, antidepressants. Yeah, the drugs, yeah. I mean, I mean the, the correlation between, you know, Fewer depressed people, but also a spike in suicides. I mean, those those, those do go together. You know, that is true. But you know, you, you but a, the, if you get like yeah. I'm sorry, if you get like a spike, you know, there's a few people, mm-hmm. you know, on depressives, and they're going to act extremely violently. 
But here's what I'm saying. No, no. Now, I don't know if they're going to act extremely violently. I agree with you on the suicide thing. But I'm saying if you're going to get people who act extremely violently, you're not going to see it in this, like, five more people a year doing mass shootings and violent crime plummeting by 50%. You know what I mean? That doesn't make sense. I mean, but if you encourage the outliers, like, there's, there's a lot of instances, like, the the guy, the, the, um, it was in, it was, you know, he, he ex, um, the veteran, um, he, 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 he shot up the airport in Florida. Yeah, under um, the same sheriff's watch, by the way, yeah, Sheriff yeah. Israel in Broward yeah, County. Yeah, and, and the, um, you know, and that, that was, and first of all, that was the airport vulnerability that the TSA doesn't address, and then, um, um, and then it was in the news for a little bit, and then it's gone. But and here's the – yeah, so what's your point of that? And then I want to address something. <laughs> my, my point is is that, you know, that incident, you know, sort of – sort of uh, for me highlights the fact that, that uh, you know, a lot of stuff is strictly about civil liberty encroachment. You know, I mean, a lot of the liberties we've given up don't increase security at all. Yes. And, uh, um, yes. So I, that incident I, highlights that. Okay, here's what I have to say about this. You just said something really important. It exposed a vulnerability. And I have noticed that I went to law school. You would always talk about hypotheticals. This is how you figure out the law. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? When you, what it seems to me is when people are talking about hypotheticals that never really happen, it's very, it's easy for them to say, okay. These are my principles. I deserve my guns. Yes, there's a hypothetical chance that something bad could happen. But in net, in our experience, this is the better way to do it. If all of a sudden those hypothetical scenarios start coming to life and start dominating your idea of what reality is, you're going to start questioning your fundamental principles. This is what is a paradigm shift. And I'm saying I don't think there is a paradigm shift underway. I think that we're being told there's a paradigm shift. I think these hypotheticals that would convince people if they were reality, but in your own experience, you know it doesn't really happen that way. When these things start dominating what you think happens, you will change your position on policy, which is why, in my opinion, it is absolutely positively vital critical to get to the bottom of the facts in these cases, to really get to the evidence. And a lot of times you can go to YouTube and go and search for, uh, you know, if you if you were a Parkland shooting false flag, most of the stuff that came back would be junk. But a few things would be interesting. Like, how did this guy know that? Why was this guy there? Look at this weird thing. You do that now and very little comes up in the in the past couple of weeks. I think they have seriously cracked down on uh, on the open YouTube. But I want to get to another call. Before I have to take a break, thanks, Jamal. Uh, I am going to A.T. Elian in Monroe. How you doing, bro? Good. Thanks for taking my call. A favorite tweet and a regular listener. So I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to try and I'm going to give you your time. I am going to have to take a break in two minutes, but yeah, I, uh, rattle I'll it off. Real quick, because I'm so shy. I'll take my answer off there anyways. Whatever but you want. I just wanted to know. Uh, if these agenda items keep being served and the bad guys keep winning, then where do you think America will be domestically and internationally in 20 years from now? Very interesting. Uh, it, I had 
I had tweeted over the past couple of days a link to the World Economic Forum, the people who bring you Davos, their website, and how they have a list of like 15 things that they're going to shape the future of. But as I went to the website to find the link to share with you all, because I want you to know how vast this conspiracy is to control the world and taking away our rights are a vital first step in this country, the last bastion of objective civil liberties. On the front page of World Economic Forum, they had just put it up, the cities of the future. So uh, I, I didn't have time to really scrutinize it, but I had been back and forth with uh, Dean on Twitter and Atlanta features highly in the U.N. kind of international city profile. I think it's on the steering committee of Strong Cities U.N. or whatever. The, uh, I think the idea is maybe not 20 years, but I think the idea has been pretty well laid out. They want the populations concentrated in cities. They want to take the land offline because the only real way to control us is to control non-scarce resources that are necessities, food, water, air. If they can't get that stuff away from us, they really cannot control us. So I think that's where they're headed, and I think uh, and I think they tell their their stories. But um, I'm going to have to view that one as a homework assignment. Where are we going to be in 20 years? Uh, I don't. I, I think we're headed in the wrong direction. That's for sure. But I'm going to try to keep kicking the can, and I want your help. 404-872-0750, 800-WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Wow, that was intense. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. 71 the forecast high today, 46 the low overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air, and I'm going to Jerry in Atlanta. Hi, Jerry. You're on with Monica. Yeah, I wanted to talk about immigration. You know, they always talk about the wall, the wall, the wall. 45% of the people over here overstayed a visa. And after 9-11, they passed a law that said if you overstay more than 60 days, you get deported. You ain't never, ever allowed back in this country for no reason. So why doesn't the president go after uh, all the people who overstayed their visas, worry about the wall later, because that's going to be hard to get that money um, and the thing is, is, I think they should have a national database. Everybody that overstayed a visa, every sheriff's department in the country, if there's any paper trail that leads to any of these people in their county, they should go out, hunt these people down at their job, wherever they're at, and uh, take them in and have them uh, to be deported because most of them are coming uh, from – they're just coming from all over the world. And we're, we're going to be $22 trillion in debt in just a couple of months. And people need to realize America's great. We can't keep taking in the world's poor. Well, I, hold on. Come hold here. on. I got a couple of things for you. Uh, I think the the people who overstay their visas, I doubt they're contributing. My guess is they're contributing. I think they're probably, you know, they're not on welfare generally. I don't, maybe they are. But I think the people who are here illegally are less likely to be on welfare and probably less likely to be increasing our debt. But I have a question. What do you think about Trump's proposal to uh, give the dreamers a path to citizenship, to reduce chain migration, and to uh, reduce the visa lottery? Is that the immigration solution you were hoping for? Okay, it would have been fine. But what Mark Levin says, he worked under Ronald Reagan. We got done this way under Reagan. The Democrats will promise the money for the wall. They'll put $5 billion down, and then next year 
they'll refuse to ref, uh, uh, fund another penny of it, but everybody else will get what they want, you know? Well, I don't, I have to, I sorry, I have to take a break. I did not want to cut you off. Um, personally, I think the wall should be the defense budget. I think it's a political device because national defense is like a trillion dollar budget. If we need a wall, build a wall. Uh, Anyway, I think the immigration package is weird, and it's not what people really wanted or expected, but it's totally off topic. So when I come back, I'm going to take Mike's call about the sheriff's interaction with Cruz, the alleged shooter in Parkland. This is Monica Perez, 800 WSB Talk. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, most of the time, half the time. I'm on till 5.30 today. We're getting closer. We're very soon going to be 3 to 6 every single Saturday, so buckle your seatbelt for that. I'm not sure Saturday afternoons can take this much truth and liberty. So, uh, but it's actually a very, we have a very somber topic on our hands. The events in Florida of this week, as reported, a 19-year-old former student of uh, the Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland uh, killed reportedly 17 people and wounded 14 more some strange details about the story i want to get into them and uh also the agenda very clear agenda items at play here every time there's a mass shooting i feel like there's a list of maybe eight agenda items that are being promoted by that particular strategy of tension whether you believe the facts are 100 percent true or spun or whatever it doesn't matter these are crises that are being exploited not going to waste I feel every time there's another mass shooting, they they kind of it feels coordinated to me. Two or three talking points, agenda items are earmarked for that crisis. And there was a lot of that in this case, particularly this idea that you can flag somebody as a mental health problem, incarcerate them without grounds uh, and um, disqualify them from gun ownership going forward. But there were uh, numerous other agenda items, and I'm happy to hit them all. If and I'm interested in your opinions, four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. Uh, I actually had a a call to, to completely off topic <laughs> that I lost during the break. Maurice was going to tell me about SpaceX and Tesla, so I want Maurice to call back because. He's always down the rabbit hole, and I'm always looking for a good mystery. But I want to stay on topic for this segment. I'm going to – oh, you know what? I'm going to – hang on, Mike. I'm going to get to your call in just a second. I want to hear a tweet from Brad. Brad, you got a tweet for me? I do. Uh, Valerie tweets, public education and these traumas at schools are being used by the establishment to pound the question authority element out of the younger generation and to get them into silence. That was a lot to digest. I was a little distracted by the fact that, you know, this stuff only happens at public schools, by the way. Yeah. You know, so if you think there's something afoot, like the sheriff actually was, had been a football coach at that school, 
You know, you just yeah. wonder if they if there is anything going on behind the scenes. It's probably much harder to get a private school to go along with it. But that's like two rabbit holes down. So I'm going to pull myself back out of that. Can you just quickly read her tweet again so I can fully absorb what she was trying to say? Public education and these traumas at schools are being used by the establishment to pound the question authority element out of the younger generation. Yes, I have to say one of my absolutely main agenda items for this story was obey authority. I actually heard one student being interviewed, I believe it was on Fox, saying there was someone banging on the door, but protocol required that they not unlock the door. Three different people said that they had had drills, they'd had drills and they were told that they would have a red drill soon where cops would be firing blanks. This was over the past three weeks. They had a drill and a warning that they would have a red drill. Um, So this kid had already in her mind what the rules were, although there are articles in the journal. If they only had a drill, this might not have happened. Not true. They had drills. It's very weird. Again, the reporting is unrelated to the facts. But she said... And she didn't say it in the context. She didn't say, I thought it was a drill. She said, we're not allowed to open the door. So we didn't open the door. The guy was banging for help. We heard shots. And then when we came out, I think he was one of the guys who was killed and dragged away. And she was fine with that. <laughs> you know, wow. not fine with it, but she wasn't like, I can't believe I listened to them. If we had just opened the door, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying you should open the door. I really don't. I haven't, I'm no expert in that kind of a thing, but uh, but I noticed that one of the things the sheriff had said, it was quoted in the very first article I read in the Wall Street Journal, was it was sheer chaos. Some of these kids didn't have IDs. They all had backpacks. He was he was dragged away? Is that what you said? Yes, I heard that more than once, that people were dragged away. I don't understand it. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know what to make of it, but but the thing about the sheriff saying highlighting that some of the it was chaos some of the kids didn't have ids and they all had backpacks and another thing was like this guy was banned from having a backpack if backpacks go away so will papers and books and we will have everything electronic you know which is searchable it's deletable you know what i mean an emp could erase all human knowledge you know you get it's just one or two steps away from the implications of these uh throwaway comments made by a guy i don't know who was trained by the fbi I think Mike Mike want, probably has a lot to say by now. Hey, Mike, uh, you are on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Um, you made one assumption that I thought was kind of a false, uh, faulty assumption in that just because he was a coach and his daughters went to the school, they had to have interaction with the kids. I think Binkley was the one who said that. Uh, well, right? somebody said that. Yeah, I did uh, not correct but, him, but I did not make that assumption. I but, did think that somebody around there, if this guy was a screwball, would have said to the sheriff, hey, man, it will not look good if this happens in your backyard, where your kids go to school, where you're a coach. Maybe uh, give him a heads up, but that seems right, pretty sure. Right. But... I, I, I was just uh, – yeah. somebody had made that statement. Yes, yes. I was like, well, I mean, I graduated with 2,000 people. Yeah. Well, my school had 2,000 people. And there were people I didn't had been in my school for four years that were seniors, and I didn't know them until they walked across the stage. So that was that, yeah, it caught your bad. attention. I actually, if you want to go down, um, thanks for clarifying that, Mike. But if you want to go down the rabbit hole a little bit, my my, if you and this again is like two or three rabbit holes down. But if you were to think about it, like um, if you think the worst case scenario that these things are somehow. Uh, directed by a hidden hand, 
who's the kind of person or maybe somebody would influence the guy, encourage him to do it, provoke him. I mean, who knows if there's backstory here? Because the majority of terrorist sting oper- or terrorist arrests are results of sting operations. So you really don't know for sure what's going on behind the scenes. You will never know. I mean, this could account for why the FBI supposedly was told many, many times about this guy and, and didn't do anything. Maybe they did do something. Maybe they were trying to use it as an opportunity and it went wrong or whatever. But a guy like that, a guy who... Uh, would be known to some of these people whose parents were dead. You know, that's the kind of person who's kind of easy to manipulate, and you're probably not, you're less likely to get the full truth about a person like that if there's absolutely nobody there to defend him. Although, um, you know, he if it's true that he confessed and he did it, it's there isn't much you can say to defend him. But the stories, the facts that are being used, being told about it, are being used to manipulate our viewpoint on policy. So I'm not making an opinion on what happened or who's guilty or what punishment he deserves. I'm just saying, watch out that you're not drawing conclusions from facts that aren't true. Because actually the person this guy lived with after his mother died said, everyone says, we all knew. And he said, I had, I did not know this. This was not something that was in evidence in my daily experience with this kid so you can dismiss what that guy said because you have 20 people saying the opposite uh but you know you you could also try to dig in try to figure it out but we'll never get an in-depth analysis of this or of the factors that might be uh able to prevent this the causation policy prescriptions it's going to be an emotional argument to get a policy plan that was already uh on the agenda so i'm going to go to david in Tyrone. Hi, David. You're on with Monica. How are you doing, Miss Monica? Good. Love How are you show. doing? Thank you for Thank taking you. my call. Listen, I this my idea would do nothing for this case in Florida, uh, probably not for Sandy Hook, but I think it would go a long way to a lot of other crimes, and that is when these children commit these crimes. Go get mom and dad and charge them with accessories. I mean, the, the, you hear a lot of these cases, they get the guns from somewhere. This guy obviously purchased one legally. Supposedly. I'm not worried about Reportedly. Okay. But I'm I'm talking about even even a 13-year-old goes into Walmart and shoplifts. Okay, you you arrest the child. Now go get mom and dad. Hold them responsible for their children. That they always say, every time you turn the news on, he was such a good boy. Well, prove it, mama. Prove it, dad. Because Maybe I should know this, but I think if my 13-year-old shoplifted at Walmart, I probably would be held accountable, at least for the damages. I don't okay. know. I can't remember. So, so, so <laughs> let's, let's go after mom and dad, uh, even if it's an estranged marriage and you have to travel a couple of states over to find dad. Daddy's responsible for his offspring. Go get him. As a libertarian, that poses a very, you know, that's a real question that libertarians like Hans Hermann Hoppe, who is an arch anarcho-capitalist and um, someone I really like, he's, I think he will take it to the extreme and say kids are independent. They're completely responsible. You're not even responsible for them. That's how far he will take liberty. I haven't, I don't really have a strongly formed opinion on how responsibility should go. I know you know, just common sense will tell me I am responsible for my children's behavior and I would expect to hold somebody else responsible for damages my kid caused uh, on my watch. I'm not going to argue with that there. Uh, but, you know, the, these policy prescriptions and the causal relationships, the facts of the case are what's critical in analyzing this stuff. And my guess is that the law is elaborate and clear. 
in these matters. As a matter of fact, we talked earlier about terrorist threats. They're illegal already. There's this guy, Justin Carter, who's been fighting for five years for a similar threat he made about a school shooting. He ended his Facebook post with JK and LOL. Just kidding. Laugh out loud. He's still battling it, might face 10 years in prison just for that one comment. So I think the laws are there. I think this is a setup to, to just take away more of our liberties. But I want to hear what you have to say. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. And they just, I believe they had just earlier done, after the break, done some drills on this exact kind of situation, which is, I think, why the teachers and students knew what to do in this instance. Uh some sun and light showers forecast for tomorrow. High of 66. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And that was one of the mothers of a student at the Stoneman Douglas High School after the um, shooting on Wednesday saying they had just drilled that exact thing. And just to tell you how agendas work, the Wall Street Journal published an article like a couple of days after that saying they very few high schools do active shooter drills and things would have been better if they'd had one at Stoneman Douglas High. But they did. So uh, it's sloppy reporting or whatever, but they're telling you to draw conclusions based on facts that aren't even true. So watch out for that. Uh, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Jim and Marietta. Jim, you are on with Monica. Yeah, good uh, afternoon. I have a problem with the whole thing in that the most local law enforcement agent was not held accountable for looking at a house that had 30, 35 calls made to it. Each of those calls cost the county money, and he should have looked at an exception sheet, identified houses that had a problem, and visited that house and taken necessary action. Um, No way in the world this kid should have been left to the FBI. That's taking a very local problem and trying to lay the blame at the heart of the government. It's so interesting that you're saying that because I thought the same thing. I would never in a million years call the FBI. I would call the cops. But those reports, I would like to see that kid's record. I would like any kind of evidence from any kind of newspaper that expects to have a reputation that will verify that because the sheriff was asked about it. He said, we're looking into it. You're looking into it. I'm not even sure that's a true story. I don't care about the child's record. I don't care whether his parents are alive or dead. But what if it's not true that he, that there were 20 calls about him? What if that's okay. not true? I think that should be identifiable in about uh, uh, three minutes. I totally agree with that. But and here's, yet- the, here's the problem. If I drive through a red light and a policeman stops me and I go to trial for it, I can say that I had bad parents or my parents died or I had... Right, but it won't be true. I'm sorry. I've got to cut to a hard break. I'm super sorry about that. But I'll be right back and take more of your calls. 800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. It's a man house! A man house! On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. My message uh, to the community, to Broward County, is simple. Your elected officials, 
your commissioners, your state reps, your state senators. Make sure these are people that aren't worrying about millage rates and saving money. This is a time to save lives. We need more law enforcement. We need more deputies. This isn't the time to worry about uh, how, how many dollars might be saved if we don't have a deputy here or a police officer here. This is nationwide. We need more, more heroes, more first responders, not less first responders. This is Monica Perez, and that was Sheriff Scott Israel of Broward County saying that this was 23 hours, I believe, after the shooting. It was a a few hours after they had left uh, processing the crime scene, telling parents that their children did not make it. And, uh, you know, I understand you could look at this with a... uh, you know, generosity and say, he, you know, this is what he's worried about. It's reasonable. First of all, he did make a point, though, saying it was nationwide. This is a guy who's trained by the FBI in communications in a program designed to create bonds, national and international, that transcend the boundaries of who employs them. I don't like that. Uh, and in that same press conference, the he's followed by, I don't know if we'll have time for these clips, but the superintendent of schools who goes through talking about how this is the time to run to Tallahassee, the capital, and say we need more money for social workers, caseworkers. I mean, he even says he needs more money for uh, the teachers because they're putting their lives on the line every day in these public schools. And I'm thinking, you know, that's accommodating this problem. You know, it's just such that is a mistake. And then that mentality of, taking every opportunity to ask for more money. I just feel like he was such, especially the superintendent, was such a uh, knee-jerk bureaucrat. And I, I really don't like to label like liberal Democrat, whatever, because I think the problem is way, way higher than party distinctions. But it's so clearly like this guy is a bureaucrat trained in exploiting opportunities to increase the budget. <laughs> you know, that's what they do. And, uh, and I just I found it to be in poor taste and also reveal an agenda. I'm going to do some rapid fire calls, I think. Binkley, do you want to give me a quick tweet and then I'll I'll try to do two minutes of call and get through everybody? Yeah, sure. I have one from ATLian. He says what matters is whether or not he was reported to the FBI once. And shame on all of us for being fooled twice after already having one mass shooting unnecessarily reported to the Fort Lauderdale FBI prior to the murders. Uh, maybe he's talking about the airport. I can't remember if the Fort Lauderdale airport shooting had a similar pattern, which also was under that sheriff's watch. I mean, why are people not held accountable? Why is he the hero? Why is he the guy who's telling us what to do with the policy? And uh, in the actual the case of Justin Carter, the teen in Texas from five years ago, still battling for his freedom after he made a a post about school shooting in regards to a video game he was playing. He wrote at the end of the post, JK and LOL. He was reported by a woman in Canada who saw the comment, and uh, and which is probably why she, I don't know who she called, but he was immediately arrested, immediately, and uh, and held in jail without bail for months. <laughs> so, uh, and now he's facing up to 10 years in prison. So, this stuff happens in an instant. See something, say something in action. 
see something, say something, get put people in jail for 10 years for a joke. Absolutely. But, you know, he wrote JK. Okay. So, you know, he was joking, whatever. But uh, the idea that that making a terrorist threat is the is demonstrates mens rea. The two elements of a crime are mens rea and actus rea. Reyes. He demonstrates the mens rea by making a threat. Not this kid, but let's say Nicholas Cruz. And then I, I think you could plausibly argue that it is an act to express that for public consumption, that it's the beginning of the commission of an attempted crime, and that it, it could be a reasonable uh, excuse to incarcerate someone if that is found to be uh, uh, his true intention. And that those elements were there. People who were warned repeatedly, the resources are there. Do not tell me that, you know, Broward County itself, the sheriff himself controls $2 billion budget. Uh, and the earlier caller was right. It is a local issue above all. The local people were uh, notified, the FBI. All right, let's do some rapid fire. Dan and Roswell, you're on with Monica. Hey, I got uh, basically just a two, uh, two points. One is, um, when was the last time we ever heard of a mass shooting at a police station? And that goes in uh, in conjunction with, can you say that this school was a gun-free zone? Very interesting. And I want to play a clip. Binkley will do it after these calls that says <clears throat> uh, where one of the kids is being interviewed in real time while the event is happening. And uh, it's right on point. Apparently, they're they're. There, it was for sure a gun-free zone. But that's – should I give away the ending, Binkley, or should I just play it at the next segment? You just play it at the next, All right. next segment. Okay. Thank you for that call. Stay tuned for that clip. Brian and Lilburn. Brian, you're on with Monica. Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, my whole thing is is getting into the, the basics of the child psyche, and that is when I was a child, I'd sit there in school, in church, in a restaurant. I daydream about bad guys coming in, wild dogs, whatever it is, and you being the hero – these kids are dreaming about being the villain, and this guy proved that by his Facebook posts and everything else that he put on there. How hard is it just to go and, and be able to, when you're talking with kids, I mean, they have social workers, et cetera, at school, to be able to base it off, just off of something as, as simple as, what do you think about when you're just sitting there throughout your day? Are you thinking about literally mowing down kids? Or are you thinking about being the hero? Or are you dreaming about being the villain, where this guy was, obviously daydreaming about being the villain that's quite an interesting angle i have a son who has down syndrome so he has an iep an individualized um education plan and actually if you look at these pictures of nicholas cruz he does appear i wouldn't be surprised if he has a chromosomal abnormality he has some characteristic features of maybe fetal alcohol syndrome or um, it's. I find it very hard to believe that this guy does not have a uh, a real medical history, this uh, Nicholas Cruz, in which case he would have gone through these IEP processes. And what my son, he they interview him for psychological purposes, and he just spins tales. Like, he will tell you about a movie he saw as if it really happened. And it's, I was flying, and you know, and they write this stuff in his record. And I'm like, okay, I had to fight to get my comment. Clearly, these facts are verifiably false. Like, I had to fight to get that in his record. But my point is, is that actually your point is pretty good, is that anybody with a kind of um, educational issue is going to have this one on one, a psych evaluation and uh, and and that it would I, I believe it would come up. They do ask you things like that. But so 
I'm not sure we're being told exactly what went wrong here. I'm going to Alan and Marietta. Hi, Alan. You're on with Monica. Hi there. This is a prime example for public executions, and they should be videotaped and, and played to students in school. When I came up through school, you know how many videos I had to sit through of uh, death on the highway, uh, call 911, different things like that? They can't be more graphic than all these uh Films I saw when I was in high school about road wrecks and how do you to think carefully. this wouldn't have happened if anybody yeah. had seen a, a public execution? If Nick, are you saying Nicholas Cruz? If he had seen it, hmm? it would have made him think. If you take these students and put them in a room and say, "Okay, this is what happens if you decide to take a gun and shoot people and show the public execution," I, I'll say, I'll tell you this. Yeah. I know that in the old days, in like prohibition and stuff, they really did execute people. Uh, pretty darn quick and you would see even depicted in old movies a guy wouldn't carry a gun he'd always have a gunman next to him because if he was caught with a gun again like he went to jail forever or he would get the chair or whatever so there was some serious deterrence uh impact of that kind of quick justice i think in this case when you're talking about a severe mental illness and i would say maybe a mental defect that i i mean I think you're equally likely to have somebody who is looking for that. You know, this kid's on suicide watch. Um, so I don't think it's as simple as that. I do appreciate the call, though. I'm going to Reggie Indicator. Reggie, you're on with Monica. Well, how you doing, Monica? How you doing, Monica? Happy weekend. Happy long time to hear from you. Um, <laughs> Thank you, like, Reggie. I'd yeah. just like to know, that. do you think that the TV news should stop covering these uh, mass shootings? These ginormous mass shootings, because to me, I think it gives inspiration to copycats as well as identifying the mass shooters as such. I think it gives inspiration to copycats, and I think the media is partly to blame for that. I'll tell you, Reggie, I actually, for a while there, I had a little post-it note on my computer saying, do not cover these stories just don't do it. Like, stand, stand down. Because whether they're, whether it's absolutely what you see is what you get, they're copycats and um, society is just turning upside down, or if these are um, a strategy of tension, gladio-type, uh, provoked or orchestrated events, it, it doesn't work without the publicity. That actually, uh, some people think these things are hoaxes which I think is a little dangerous because then you don't care as much. You don't really think that people are dying, so you're not going to be outraged. But um, if you, the, if, to the extent it has propaganda value, that it might motivate people who want to exploit crises, it would neutralize that moral hazard for, for the media to not cover it, which maybe betrays the fact that the media does exactly, especially at the highest levels, the most broad kind of cable news levels, they do exactly what's in the interest of the government, the policymakers, the agenda setters, because they could foil them by covering it differently or not covering it all. So I think as a matter of good taste, you might uh, want to refrain and responsibility, maybe mention in passing. Um, you know, I'm not a big one for laws, making laws against stuff like that, restricting freedom of speech. But there was a time, uh, my mother still hearkens to it, where it would be tacky for journalists to emphasize sensational stuff or um, stuff like that. That that in the in the old days, you would lose people's respect if you came out like that. And now nobody seems to have it. And people who seem to act like they're the most respectable, upstanding people, 
are uh, giddy at the opportunity to use the S word in prime time. You know, like these are dignity is gone. Anyway, thanks for the call, Reggie. Uh, Rick. Hi, Rick. You are on with Monica. Hi. Hey, you're Uh, on the air. I'm kind of disturbed by everybody's so-called solutions to this. It seems to be more government or more money. Throw it at it and it'll go, go away instead of maybe dealing with it locally on a personal level. You can't tell me people close to this guy, if there were any, didn't have an idea. Uh, I'm sorry. I just think the more government, people seem to be asking for a police state. Absolutely. Give all your money to the government. Let them spend the money. They'll take care of it. And they keep wanting the national government to do it. This guy is the exactly. sheriff of Broward it's County. never enough money. It's yes. never enough. And they want, but why? It's a gun law. This was a completely local situation, and the feds failed. The local guys should have stepped in, stepped up. They can control their own laws. And maybe this is about changing the laws in Florida. Florida seems to always be a target for these kind of events and uh, propaganda themes. But well, you're going to get a problem. I just I have to finish this. Government. I, I, I'm sorry. It, it, it's a slippery slope to a police state. That's just what I think. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And here's the problem. When you start upsourcing the police like that, when you start sending it above, you really want layers. You want an FBI for very specific things, but you want your local cops. If you look at something called the Franklin scandal, the Franklin cover-up, you will see that there were local like child abuse situations, child exploitation, that the federal guys were so corrupt they were trying to suppress it but local cops got to the bottom of it because they're they're your neighbors they you can get they will serve you uh but i think that they every once in a while you get a one of these events that involves somebody crossing the border with legally purchased guns into a state a quote good state that has good gun laws and they're the victims you know and that's why you need national laws so every hypothetical you could possibly think of always emerges flowers into an event that changes people's opinions on policy. That's why I smell a rat with this stuff. Uh, More calls after this, more tweets, and that really cool clip that I didn't tell you enough about. But uh, you can call me 800-WSB-TALK or at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. And now for something completely different. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Mostly cloudy with a 30% chance of light showers and a high of 72 forecast for Monday as the work week begins. But that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And get ready for the prize pack because here it is and it is so up my alley. I might actually just go pay for myself and go. I don't think I'm eligible for the prize pack. A pair of tickets to see Steve Miller Band and Peter Frampton on Tuesday, July 17th at Verizon Amphitheater. First to call 404-741-0750. We'll get that prize pack. And presuming those guys wouldn't be out there if they didn't still have it, that is going to be just exactly my kind of fun. That'd be awesome. I know. Really, you think so? But you're just a millennial. Yeah, Steve Miller Band. (laughs) Peter Frampton, though, his guitar used to talk. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he, he's gonna, he's gonna, I'm sure he's going to roll out some good stuff. So, <clears throat> oh, I wanted to tell people that, my apologies, there was a problem with this show being broadcast live online 
over the past <clears throat> maybe last hour. So Binkley, as usual, is going to post the commercial-free podcast of the whole show, presuming that we have that. When do you think is the earliest you can get that up as a courtesy to people? And because it's commercial-free, maybe that's a bonus for people who did not get to hear it. By the end of next week. By the end of next week? I got to get it up when it when it gets <laughs> it posted. Up. Okay. All right. Well, we'll do our best. It'll Hopefully still... sooner. I'll shoot for sooner. As these soon as are, I see it. These are timeless topics. So we will definitely, it'll be worth listening to. Uh, I want to give my calls some time. So I'm going to ask Kenny and David to hang on because this was a tiny little segment and there wasn't enough time for a call. I'm also going to play that crazy clip of students being interviewed while they cowered in fear during this event. There are a couple of strange elements to the things that they had to say. And uh, I want to see if you can pick those out. And I certainly will pick it apart after the break. 800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Please, take my hand. Now, open your mind to me. Please, open your mind. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Although I am ending early today at 5.30 to make way for UGA basketball, people will enjoy that. I don't mind at all. We are going to get back to 3 to 6 before too long. And if you missed the first part of the show because it was not broadcast online, uh, we are going to try to get that up in podcast form, commercial-free podcast form, by the end of the week. Uh, I don't know what the problem was, so I don't know if it's positively going to get done that way. But in any case, we uh, did cover some of the similar stuff in our most recent episode of the Propaganda Report Daily. So if you're if you're craving more... Of Binkley and me, you can go right to PropagandaReportDaily.com right now. And do you remember what episode that is, Binkley, that people can talk about this, uh, what we're talking about today, which is the Parkland shooting and all the agenda implications? Episode 86. All right. So um, my apologies for any disappointment or confusion. I did want to just highlight a couple of agenda items that I'm not sure were fully um emphasized one is that i think the number one agenda item here and you're going to hear it from if you listen to the press conference that was done the day after the shooting by the sheriff of broward county very polished guy with national and international connections uh he he is imploring us to change the laws so that police have the power to incarcerate people without anyone making an accusation against them for example for posting a picture of a gun online that is what he said And uh, I would say that the implications of this are even broader so that they want to be able to arrest you for pre-crime. They um, it's not just social media stuff either. There was an article today in The Wall Street Journal by Holman Jenkins who said excessive fascination with guns should be a pre-crime that you should be able to take action about. And you can do that by looking at people shopping in a gun store. So that's not even social media. And my problem is not only that you should not be arrested for pre-crime, but if you don't need to actually do anything, they certainly can't 
prove what you were thinking, and nobody needs to even accuse you of thinking of something that the power is all 100% with the government, they can just make stuff up about you if they don't like what you say politically. So try going to a public university right now and see how seriously prejudiced people can be against uh, diverse political opinions and think if they had the power to just take you out by saying you were a kook. They think you're a kook anyway. So it's pretty dangerous. And then another thing um, that I uh, just want to touch on one second, then take a tweet, and then I'm going to get to David, who's patiently holding, I uh, is this Everybody talks about the Second Amendment. I believe the Second Amendment issue is one of two, abortion being the other, critical issues for the dialectic for the Democrat-Republican two-party system to continue. Even though they both promote the welfare and warfare state and are bankrupting this country, people will basically always vote Democrat or Republican because they care about a Supreme Court justice preserving the Second Amendment and either preserving or overturning Roe versus Wade. So uh, they don't want to resolve the issues. They need that dialectic. And I have figured out a way that a rallying cry of the beginnings of a thought of how to triumph over this. Supreme Court was never meant to have that kind of power, in my opinion. And by coincidence, I was going to talk about this today anyway, when I was going through the journal looking at all these articles that were triggering me. There was an article about John Marshall, the Supreme Court justice who presided over the case Marbury v. Madison, which found that gave the Supreme Court itself the uh, power to adjudicate on the constitutionality of laws. And I say the Supreme Court should not have that power, that states should nullify congressional actions that are against the Constitution. They shouldn't wait for the Supreme Court to tell them whether they do or do not have to obey uh, Congress. But this guy was highly opposed to states' rights. He didn't like it. So I say let's overturn Marbury v. Madison, and then we don't. the entire two-party system would collapse. That's really a nugget you're going to have to digest. I'll probably say it another 10 times before this year is out. <laughs> but I like it, and it's interesting. Um, but I want to hear a tweet. And then a call. Go ahead, Bink. You got anything? For yeah, me? I got one from Richard who says, so true about how the government uh, taking money and more government is the answer. Someone did once say, never let a tragedy go to waste. Yes, it was Rahm Emanuel. I actually have in my glossary on MonicaPerezShow.com, I call it the Rahm Emanuel Doctrine. You never want to let a good crisis go to waste. And by that, I mean, you want to get I'm paraphrasing, policy passed that you could not otherwise get. So subvert the will of the people through exploitation and manipulation. That's democracy, right? <laughs> that's weaponizing democracy because what you do is you manipulate people to think they consented for policy. You might as well have an overt tyrant where you could just cut his head off if you get mad enough. But if you think it's democracy, what are you going to do? Anyway, that was another brain bomb. I'm going I'm to stop that. I'm going to go to David and Norcross. Hi, David. You're on with Monica. Thank you for holding. Hello. Yes. Uh, everybody's t referring to mental uh, health about this issue. I think it's a, a combination of environmental facts. One is probably this kid never been to a church in his life. He probably has a whole stack of violent video games. He's never had any consequences for his behavior ever. So this is the recipe of our society and what we're producing is people like him. 
Well, I'll tell you this. I am. I really have my concerns about the culture, and I'm a hardcore libertarian. People all, often think that libertarians are culturally liberal, and I, I certainly don't want the law, the government, to control uh, society in that way, but. It's my contention that to be truly libertarian, you have to recognize, as the great Harry Brown said, it's uh, individual liberty and personal responsibility on all issues at all times. And that is actually culturally, I I won't say conservative because he cautions against using terms of liberals and conservatives, but – uh, responsibility, maturity, morality at that level is what makes society work. And actually, it's the natural state of society. These moral laws have emerged because they are the ones that that uh, result in an orderly society. So I see these cultural subversions that you're talking about. I don't I don't think it's at the heart of this issue because uh, I think there's something even more nefarious at the heart of this issue. But I think the cultural upheaval in this country is was basically triggered by the same forces that are behind these kind of uh, agendas. And they know that the best way to destroy society, there's like a few triggers. It's war. It's uh, uh technology that can result in real upheavals and it's separating the generations it's separating the children from the parents i think the draft can do that technology can do that getting both parents out of the home to work having the kids raised by electronics by government schools can do that going away to college can do that and yes i believe that the culture has a terrible impact i think the people who are trying to set their agenda look up the world economic forum website and see their strategy initiatives. There's like 15 things they want to control. They want to control the culture, and I don't think they want to head it in a good a place of personal responsibility. I absolutely have to get to this clip. Uh, Binkley, set the clip up for us. All right, the clip is from student reporter David Hogue, who goes to the high school. He began supposedly. Yeah, he began speaking with classmates during the shooting while they were hiding in a closet. So he's recording them and he's asking them about gun control. Okay, so I want I want people to really think about it. I actually Binkley cut these clips without telling me. I my sister Franny sent them to me earlier. Uh, she was like, "Look at this weird thing. Like this guy, the son of an FBI agent, is what he is. Who's being interviewed on that local TV." And she said, look at, listen to how strange the commentary, these girls should be literally like, uh, you know, heaving with panic. Like it makes no sense that they're answering and, and what they're focused on is, it's just not even believable. This actually makes me wonder about the whole story. Uh, let's hear Rachel, please clip 10. I really don't think there's anything new to say, but there shouldn't have to be, because if you looked around this closet and saw everyone just hiding together, you would know that this shouldn't be happening anymore, and that it doesn't deserve to happen to anyone, and that no amount of money should make it more easily accessible to get guns, Um, and that's that. I personally have rallied for... um, you know, gun rights and um, less control, not necessarily less control, but this experience has definitely changed my viewpoint. I wanted to be a junior NRA member. I wanted to learn how to hunt. I was always fascinated by guns as a young girl, but this experience was so traumatizing to the point where now I can't even fathom the idea of a gun in my house. I did have plans for my 18th birthday to go to Nexus Gun Range and learn how to shoot. 
but at this point, I don't even want to be behind a gun. I don't want to be the person behind a bullet because I don't want to be the person to point a bullet at someone. And to have the bullet pointed at me, my school, my classmates, my teachers, my mentors, it's, it's just, it's definitely eye-opening to the fact that we need more gun control in our country because for this to happen and for people to be so neutralized to it, I even texted my sisters shooting at my school, I am safe. They both responded with, OMG, LOL, you're funny. Now that's a problem in society, and it's a bigger problem in America, and it needs to be fixed. And I believe the most definite way to fix it is by changing our laws when it comes to gun ownership. I call BS on that, and I'll tell you why. But th- this was reported in the news as the truth, that these people were cowering in fear as they heard gunshots go off, and this was their response. But I got to say, what she says is the exact opposite of Susanna Gratia Hopps' uh, testimony in Congress in front of Chuck Schumer, who was giving her a dirty look the entire time after both of her parents were killed in front of her in the Luby's massacre, and the law had said she was supposed to take her gun out of her purse before she went in there, which she did, and while she was cowering in fear, she thought, I wish I had my gun. So I don't, I find it impossible to believe that these girls were uh, that this was their genuine, unadulterated reaction in uh, as they were dodging bullets. Binkley, I want to get your reaction after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about, you know. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. High today of 71, tomorrow's high 66. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. We're wrapping it up because there's a basketball game on soon. The pregame show starts uh, right after this, right after the next break. Um, But we had just uh, been having a pretty deep conversation about what uh, happened in Florida on Wednesday. The school shooting and what the agendas might be and also some of some strange details about the the, uh, event. We actually played a clip. Of some people being interviewed, some girls being interviewed while the event was going on. So there was a lot of shooting uh, from all reports. And these girls are being interviewed by an amateur journalist who is a fellow student and the son of an FBI agent, by coincidence. Uh, But it was so full of propaganda, propaganda points that were going to be spouted by everyone from the government to the president to the sheriff after the event. It was kind of weird. What did you make of it, Binkley? Well, I think it's worth emphasizing that in that clip, these students who were very calmly advocating for gun control, the the shooting was still going on. And they were well-spoken, no uhs, no pauses, and they changed their entire perspective on guns. That one girl did who was going to, on her 18th birthday, go to the NRA, just decided that she's already done with guns. And so this- in the middle of an opportunity where a gun enthusiast would realize immediately that a gun would be handy to have, she inexplicably claims the opposite. And they're repeating talking points that I'm getting in my email from Indivisible. And this kid whose dad is an FBI agent, he wants people to take political action, which he says in these other videos, he should tell his dad to respond to all the threats that this kid had made previously. The uh, I did want to make one point, though. You look at psychological reactions, emotion, um, the psychological state of being in an emotionally high-pitched situation and how you actually can't think under those circumstances. Don't you feel that in your understanding that's like psychologically impossible for those that to be genuine? Great point. You're in your fight-or-flight mode, and yet they've thought this through already. 
And they should be in fight or flight, which is the opposite of what they've come up with. Right, yeah. They're like, I wish this guy had been disarmed a long time ago. I mean, let's just, I'm sure everything will be fine right now. It was like a round table in a safe environment is what it sounds like. so bizarre. Well, how are people going to be able to see all this? We've got like two seconds for you to tell people if they missed it or if they want to get references. Can we post this and put the show notes and such? PropagandaReportDaily.com, and we will put what's available online as soon as possible. And we also have our uh, Propaganda Report Daily podcast on there. Thank you very much. This is Monica Perez.